Hey everybody, welcome to Know Your Gear QA episode 157. I hope everybody had a good week or the best week you could hope for <laughs> in a situation like this. I just need to make sure that I'm streaming okay, and I am, and I'm muted, and I am. Perfect, because I don't want to hear the playback on my side. A uh, couple quick, a couple quick, couple quick announcements. Uh, let me go ahead and adjust this just a little bit. A um, couple quick announcements that we always uh, start the uh, the show with. First, if you want to ask me a question in your live today, go ahead and start it with a question mark first. That way, I know you're asking me a question, or at least a subject that you want to talk about. Start with a question mark. Question mark. If uh, you're watching this on the replay, you can go on YouTube, you can go into the description, see an index and go right to any topic we talked about. If you're listening on the podcast, well, you just have to listen. It is streaming as a podcast, and this is probably a good thing to mention. I'll also put it in the index when I when I uh, when this replays. Uh, on the there's another channel called Know Your Gear. That's my channel as well. It's a very small channel. I will put a link to it when I do the index. That channel has the bonus podcasts on it. So, so you guys know, I've been supplementing these podcasts and the, putting in bonus podcasts uh, in between episodes. That is available on iTunes. However, I decided to start putting them up on the Know Your Gear page, the second channel, if you will, and. Uh, those are on the at least on the streaming side on the on the uh, podcast are, are doing better than these these podcasts so just want to let you know if you're interested if you want more of this kind of uh, content just uh, be aware that you can seek it out that way and uh on that note a uh, couple let's see what else a couple other things um besides you know the world's an interesting place my week was crazy uh, the highlight of my week was I spent, I think, four hours. I didn't look on my phone. It could have been four hours. It could have been two hours. But uh, it went by so fast. And then I just realized, like, look up. It was 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I got to hang out and talk to Larry DiMaggio uh, and uh, uh, and Wilson from from DiMaggio. So, of course, you guys know Larry DiMaggio from DiMaggio Pickups. I'm working on a five things you don't know about DiMaggio. And they were kind enough to get Larry on the phone with me and talk. And we got to talk. I get to hear all these great stories so I can work on that video. As you guys know, I source all those five things videos are source content. In other words, it's stuff that I try to find that's not on Wikipedia. It's not out there blatantly everywhere. And and it can be vetted by some sources. So uh, I'm working on that. Hopefully we'll have that done in a week or so. And uh, so that was a highlight. It was really cool to hear some of the stuff. Um, and he was super candid and amazingly intelligent. So it was really fun. Um, let's see. What else? Something else. I know we got a big to- topic to talk about. I'm trying to hold off a, a minute or so on that before we get into that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other highlights on my week. Anything else? Uh, I don't know. I think that was it. Just lots of work. I'm sure you guys... Some of you guys can relate. Um, so I think I'll get into the first topic of the day. The first topic I want to talk about before I get into questions is the Facebook thing. If you didn't see the video, I'll put it, like I said, link in the index below. Facebook, uh, what happened was, and this is an important story and I want to talk about it. So what ended up happening was you guys reached out to me through my email and said, hey, Phil, there's a video on Facebook. It's a company selling guitars, and uh, they're using a clip of your video. And at the, at the time I heard that, I was like, eh, well, people steal clips of my videos and put them in everything uh, all the time. And so, you know, if I spend all day, I can spend every day removing uh, copyright infringements all day if I wanted to. I could, literally, I could literally have somebody just do that all day. 
<laughs> just on YouTube, all the copyright infringements. Um, there's because you know your clips get out there, especially when you're 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 putting little quips and information and stuff like that. So I tend not to worry about that. It's always nice when you're asked permission before somebody just blatantly uses it, but. The issue with this is there was a fraudulent company selling fake guitars or trying to steal people's credit information. So what's interesting is I, I, I'm highlighting the video I made. I filed a complaint with Facebook. They didn't act on it, which was bugging me because I'm like, this is obviously blatant uh, a criminal entity. And uh, so I uh, got a lawyer involved um, because uh, not only because my copyright, which wasn't with my factor, and I was just sitting there. It was it was it was pissing me. I was about to say the F word. It was pissing me off <laughs> because I don't understand how Facebook and I don't want to lump Instagram, but I've seen Instagram issues where they're not as bad as Facebook can allow these uh, criminal entities to prey on consumers on. And you guys, I've seen people say on the Internet, you know, it's obviously a trick and people should just know, you know, know it. But you understand, I think people's guards down a little bit. First of all, let's be very clear. We're having the largest group of people come on the internet than we've ever seen when it comes to Netflix, um, Amazon, um, you know, DoorDash, all this stuff. I mean, all these people are staying at home. So you have a lot of people who are not as internet savvy as a lot of us that have been hanging out every week for the last couple of years on the internet. So anyways, the attorney did what they do. They got it down. You guys then contact me. There was another one. <laughs> <laughs> which they got that one down. Here, I want to screen share with you because it's it's actually funny. Um, if it wasn't so sad, I should say, it would be funny. But so when I say funny, not not haha, funny, odd. Uh, so this was the second one. Hold on. Screen share. Now, here's why I'm ranting about this because I'm actually really pissed off, okay? Here's why I'm pissed. So the company, the reason I didn't see it, by the way, was the company that did the first scam we got the ad, only the ad with me taken down. Because remember, I can't stop these people from committing the crimes. I can't commi I can't stop their website. I can't do anything. The only legal recourse I have is that tell them they, they're violating a copyright of my video by having their video and they have to take it down. Technically, if they would just remove me from the video and start running their scam with something else on it, I couldn't stop them at all. So I was like, you know what? It felt like onus on me to stop them because I do have the the advantage, which is I can stop them from copyright. You guys were just filing complaints that it was fraud and they were scamming, but, uh, you know, they wouldn't take it down. So this was the second one, obviously fake avatar. This was called Guitar Alva. Um, but the interesting part about this, and so you know, so there's, there's no question to... Uh, how illegal this company is. I didn't see this one because when they created the second account, they went in and blocked me. They blocked me so I couldn't see it. They went in and actually specifically found my Facebook, uh, I don't know what you call it, your uh, Facebook page, and blocked me from seeing it. So um, I had to have a family member go look and they could see it. And the new one, so that, one we, so that was the second one we tackled. This is the new one. This one's actually my favorite of the three for this for for this reason you're about to see in a second. Okay. This one, Facebook is allowing the ad to go on. And my favorite thing about this ad, uh, or this isn't the ad, this is the Facebook page hosting the bogus ad. My favorite thing about this is this avatar, this picture that I'm pointing at with my mouse is a copyright infringement. They stole this off the internet. The little watermarks are from the company that owns this picture. So 
Facebook's allowing this company to create a Facebook page using a obviously blatant copyrighted photograph, which is fake, uh, the, right? They're, they're putting there, and then creating ad campaigns. And before all you guys start posting comments about, yeah, Phil, it's all about the money and Facebook's evil, you know, that's not the problem. The problem is right here. I'm pointing at me. This is me pointing at me. And you guys for tolerating that crap. That is crap. Don't tolerate that. Uh, you know, uh, at this point, I'm trying. I spent uh, I spent at least half a day this week trying to fall, find an alternative to what I use Facebook for so I can stop helping Facebook stay in business. Now, I understand they're like Walmart and Amazon and they're huge. And I'm not saying accusing those guys or anything. They're they're probably guilty of other things. But my point is we're all we're all guilty of this. Um these criminal entities are are on there because it's easy to be on there. And those these big companies like Facebook are allowing it to happen. And it, it sucks and it pisses me off. So that's my rant. Thank you to everyone who sends me anything. Please do not send me an email or put a comment in a video that they're doing it again or there's another company. I can't do anything about that. If you send me a link, I will shut it down. I will shut it down. And... Uh, Trust me, I'm making my wife nervous right now because she's worried about how much I'm going to be spending to fight this, take these down. But I, I just don't care right now. So uh, right now it's it's about uh, I'm sitting at home and I just don't feel like looking at that crap. So that's uh, that's what's going on with that. <laughs> there. Uh, so there you go. Easy enough. So uh, that's my uh, rant. I hope it, uh, it fires some of you up in a positive way. Uh, when you see that stuff, go ahead and please make sure. It, and you know what? I was going to spend some time. I just don't want to bore you with it. I wanted to show you guys this. And I might make a video and uh, put it up. I just don't know. You know what I found most interesting about this whole thing? Facebook makes it extremely difficult. Extremely. Remember, I'm in the business of the YouTube arena. I'm, you know, I mean, I'm on YouTube and I there's copyright issues on YouTube coming towards and away from everybody that makes content. Uh, and YouTube is not the easiest platform to deal with. Facebook specifically, you can tell, you it's obvious that they've made it almost impossible for me to file a complaint against a company doing this. It's, it's layers upon layers of finding little links to get to the next page to finally put in your complaint. Um, and it's you're, obviously they don't want you. They don't want, me co- they don't want me filing a copyright strike or a scam complaint, which my favorite part is there's not even, an, there's not even a tab for what they're actually doing, which is the scam. So I don't know. All right. And I'm staying relatively calm. I was really pissed the other day. You guys would have liked it. If I would have went on the internet, I'm sure you would have enjoyed it because I, uh, there's no way I'd be filtering my comment, my uh, curse words. I was pissed. And again, I'm pissed because uh, I, I hate it because I should be pissed at these scumbag criminals that are making these accounts and doing this stuff. But instead, I'm pissed at the uh, corporate ir- ir- uh the irresponsible corporate behavior that these companies are are taking to let this stuff happen. So, all right. <laughs> you guys are funny with the comments. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see what we got. What do we got for a question? Anyone got something about guitars? Maybe we'll talk about guitars. Technically, that was about guitars because it was a guitar scam. So, all right. I'm trying to figure out which screen to pay attention to. Um, 
this is from Ongo. Ongo says, hey, Phil, I ha- I love your channel. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's always nice to hear that. It's a positive, especially after I just ranted. Uh, I have a Princeton Reverb 65 reissue, and uh, there is a lot of noise when I turn it up past four or five. Is there a way to get rid of the noise? Um yeah, it's. It, I don't know because I don't know what specifically you were saying by noise. Uh, I have the sixty-eight, uh, you know, amp. Uh, I always call it reissue, and sometimes people are like it's not a reissue. I, I call it reissue so you don't think I have an, a, an, a Princeton from nineteen sixty-eight. Um, so technically, I have a sixty-eight reissue in the idea that you know it's a it's a newer amplifier from Fender. Um, and I, I turn mine up past four and five uh, pretty often, and. I don't notice any noise. Uh, what I can tell you, Ungo, is that the good news about a tube amp is is that I I couldn't say a percentage, you know, uh, you know, officially, but let's just say most of the time it's a tube. Whatever the issue is, it's a tube. You could have a microphonic tube, you could have a bad tube, uh, you know, and so you got to kind of start there. So that's something I would I would look at. The other thing I would pay attention to is your reverb and your. Uh, your tremolo controls, but mostly the reverb. So here's a tip for you on those type of amps, especially the Fender style amps. Uh, when you're turning it up to four and five and you're getting the noise, turn the reverb off. Just turn the reverb volume off and the tremolo as well, but mostly the reverb is what I'm going after, and see if the noise goes away. F- Fender amps are notorious for the reverbs and the, uh, well, the tremolo is not so much, but a little bit being a little noisy. And then, of course, as you're raising the volume up the amp, that noise is going to have to actually increase as, as it was probably always there just in the background. Uh, and if that's the case, then you can look at either changing out the reverb tank. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned this. I'm actually in the market. I don't know what I was with the air quote crap today. I keep air quoting. <laughs> I'm in the market for a 65 Princeton. Um, uh, I don't know why. I love my 68. I'm just thinking like having the other one would be nice too. The 68 is like bassier. And I like that. But then the 65 is brighter and chimier. And I was thinking it might be fun to have the two and run run like a wet dry rig with them so uh i'll let you know i'll go if i end up getting it and i'll i'll experiment with that uh let's see the smelly cats jazz hey i haven't seen you in a while smelly cats jazz says have you tried any aftermarket piezo saddles piazzo pizzo whatever you want to call piezo piezo because it looks like piezo that's why i probably say it that way although so you know i say every word when i say this stuff based on the music store that told it to me when I was 16. <laughs> it's, tr- it's true. Uh, so, um, all right. So everything I say wrong is just from the programming of the childhood. Uh, so uh, uh, let's see. It says, I will, okay, let's go back to his question. It says, have you tried any aftermarket Paizo saddles? I have. Uh, I, I, I've looked into a few graph tech, but I don't see any with blend knobs or switches. I don't want to buy uh, a new guitar just for an integrated system. I understand that. I have uh, I have worked with the graph tech ghost system uh, saddles. Um, they have worked really well in the past for me. They're a good system. There is an LR bag system. There's a few systems out there. The ones I use the most are the Ghost systems, just because it's easy. It's an easy system, and there's different la- layers on how you can install that stuff. Uh, I haven't done one in probably six months, six, seven months. So it's hard. It's not fresh in my head right now. But um, I'm trying to think. On the LR bags, one, there's another one that I've used too. I'm sure Fishman makes a transducer. Uh, system for electric guitars, but I haven't used it. GraphTech Ghost Saddles are the ones I use the most, just because they're they're easy, they're relatively inexpensive, and I like those guys. 
So, um, but may uh, you know, it's funny was it's sad funny was there was supposed to be a Sharper Max with a Ghost uh, GraphTech system in it, and it was a debacle. <laughs> and that guitar no longer exists. It was lost in the mail. It was a horrible, horrible thing. So, all right. Uh, twice. I don't even want to get talk about it anymore. It's just going to give me a migraine. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's see. What else? Um, Bad Brad. Uh, Bad Brad says, are you a fan of the Fender N3 noiseless pickups? Uh, I'm not a fan. Do I hate them? No. Am I a fan? No. And when I fan, I mean, would I buy them and stick them in any of my guitars? I would not. They're not the choice of noiseless pickups I would pick uh, for the guitar. Um, Although, like I said, I think I've said this before, I like them. I like them more more than the version before that, which was the what was before N three. It wasn't noiseless. That was the noiseless ended up becoming called vintage noiseless, but I don't think that actually called vintage noiseless. The original ones are noiseless. Then there was something else, and then there was N three. And I thought I and if I recall, I liked N three better than the second version. Um, but I think I like Noiseless better the most out of the three. And But realistically, I'm not a big fan of any of the Fender Noiseless pickups as a whole. Um, and again, nothing wrong with them. Just not my... Nothing I've, I've sought out to, to own. Uh, Jeff Parker says, I have the same Taylor Acoustic as you do. Okay. I have two. So... so uh, just want to make sure. So uh, I want to put strap locks on it. What do you do for the jack button... Uh, since wait, cinch fit or music nomad thinks, uh, wait, cinch fit. Okay. Or music nomad things don't work on a tailor. Um, I don't actually use, uh, strap locks on either one of my tailors. I use a basic leather strap on both of them. And the reason is, is most of the time I'll play acoustic, even if I'm public performing with it, I'm sitting down. That's a huge part of this, right? Because usually if I'm if I'm acoustic, I'm sitting with another person sitting, and it's like a jam thing, or there's a singer-songwriter thing going on or something like that. So it's not very often. I'm at a friend's house. There's all these reasons why I don't wouldn't stand with it. And if I do stand, I just put my leather strap on it, and uh, I've, you know, I've never had no issues. So I haven't ever tried to put any on the uh, the um, the uh, tailor however that being said i've seen all kinds of cool products and i believe even daddario has a new product that's supposed to be really cool that i've seen now keep in mind i'm just talking about images and ads that i've seen and i was like oh that's interesting but i haven't tried it myself so it's hard for me to kind of suggest something it's not something i've uh, i've experimented with but jeff um i'll tell you what i'll do especially since you super chatted and it's something i'm curious about uh and sometimes those are the easiest things to get companies to go for uh i have uh, music nomad's been really good to me and so has uh, obviously daddario and stuff so let me see if i can reach out and do that and do a do a hey let's try that uh, why not i got a tailor we can put it on my tailor um it'd be fun and i can give you feedback so and it would be a video that people would be interested in and those are the videos i if you notice lately i'm really focused on these videos that i think you guys would just be interested in so i'm really focusing on not the views but the minutes consumed as long as you guys are watching the videos for the mostly all way through i'll keep on that road which is these more i don't want to say instructional but informational type review videos where it's less you know about the flash of what's hot right now um David just did a super chat for no reason. I uh, thank you for that. Appreciate that. ER Webster says, do five watt all tube amps 
feel and respond the same way as higher wattage tube amps do as compared to solid state hybrid amps? That's a great question. I need to take a drink of water because I've been talking for almost 20 minutes as I pause. And that is a great question because, um, again, everybody could give you different answers based on their, their feel and experience. But to me, no. Uh, five watt tube amps to me, First of all, keep in mind that a lot of the lower wattage amps are not true tube amps, right? There's all these hybrid technologies out there. There's all these things out there that's claiming that they're full tube and they're not. Give you an example, of course, one of my favorite small wattage amps, even though it's 15 watts, is the uh, the Super Champ by Fender. That is a that is a tube hybrid, essentially. The Blackstar amps, which I also like in the five watt, one watt range, are tube hybrids, essentially. In other words, it's not it's not all just tubes going on in there. There's some solid state stuff going on and, and some other things. Um, but uh, no, here's why. To me, larger tube amps, 50 watts and up, man, they roar. There's a different feeling to them. So when I'm looking for something as bare and simple as feeling compression, in other words, when I'm playing and I want the, I want to feel like the amp is, you know, kind of reacting to what I'm doing. If I hit harder, I feel like more is the amps, you know, is not just going up in volume, but more is happening with the amp, more aggressive. Um, there are things that I love about the way a tube amp reacts to the way I play. Um, what I can tell you is that I think two, lower tube amps, watt amps, although are, feel like more like tube amps than solid state. And for the most part, they don't feel like, big tube amps and that i've definitely tried because i've tried to go the lower watt tube amp route if you watch over the years through the channel you don't have to watch the videos but just look in the backgrounds i've I, at one point i was like a lot of people just loaded up with small tube amps to experiment to see and now when you look at my tube amp collection now and what i'm using uh you know i have a few 20 watt amps 2020 20, 15 i'm looking right now 12 12 my princeton's 12 I don't currently own a 5 watt amp, so that'll tell you exactly what's going on. I have a couple amps that'll switch down to 5 watts and 1 watts, but I don't do it. So uh, it's not that there's anything wrong with those amps. It's just for some reason I came to the conclusion that as great as those amps are, uh, I still like 50 watt tube amps, 40 watts, 30 watts. You know what I mean? Not exactly 50, but you know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a threshold when it hits, and I just love that amp. I love the way the clean sounds. I love the way it reacts to pedals. And I and I and I really what it was for me wasn't that it's better than the five watt amps and these little amps. I just feel like I didn't gain anything from having the lower wattage amps. In other words, you know what's the incentive for a lower wattage a lower wattage amp to have? to have the same experience, but quieter. And I just started realizing that I can just take the louder amps and turn them down or find a way to manipulate them. And I'm, I'm in the same spot. So that's the, that, you know, if you're asking, do they feel and respond the same? I don't feel like they do. They're close. And they're, and that's what I think we're going after as guitar players, something close. Also on the other end, when you're playing on stage, the lower wattage amps are a different animal. There's things that are cool about them when you crank them and they're just roaring and they're kind of like a, uh, you know, I'll say this and I'm just making this up as I go, but I like it. To me, five to 15 watt amps on stage, which sound great, sound like a cat. Like when you, like what, like a, just picture a house cat, right? That's my sound effect. That's all I got. And, uh, but to me, uh, the 40 watt amps, when you turn them up, it's like a lion roaring, right? And there's things that are cool about both those things. Probably not the cat meowing, but part of the analogy you understand. There's something about a little bit of like fire happening versus a giant cannon 
taking out the front row of people, you know what I mean, with volume. So I like them both for different reasons, both uh, live and for at-home use, but they are different. And then your second part of your question is, as compared to solid-state amps and hybrid amps, again, it just depends on what you're going after. Um, what I find uh, frustrating for me with solid-state amps and hybrid amps and modeling technology is that when people go, oh, it's as good as the real thing, I, I don't disagree with that in, in the core of it. I only can tell you my frustrations with it, which I'm, like I said, I've kind of converted. I like a lot of the modeling technology. I have hybrid amps, you know, I have a solid state amps as well. There are things I like about them. Then there's things that I don't like and everything I don't like always revolves around the clean sound or the very low gain sound. Um, I am constantly looking for this very low gain sound. Um, because I feel like the higher gain sound is an easier sound for me to get. There's a lot of great amps that just do it well. And it's like, which one do I want to pick today? And I have a high gain amp and I can play the music I like that's high gain. When I'm looking for the low gain amp sound, it's almost like a miracle trying to find that to sound right. So, and uh, the solid state and, and the hybrid amps don't do it as well as the tube amps in my opinion, but they all do it. Uh, they all get the job done. It's a preference. It's, I prefer it, but you don't need it. All right. Uh, I know I got David. I know you got his super chat. Hold on a second. How do I get out of it? Oh, I'm going to have to answer it because I was going to try to answer another question real quick. So they're not all super chats. Okay. So David, let's get this, uh, do the super chat for you, buddy. It says, Hey, Phil, I always see you recommending tuners for electric guitars. Yep. I was wondering what tuners do you recommend for acoustic guitar? I have a Yamaha APX2 travel and the tuners are, and the tuners are really bad. Okay. So, uh, uh, so I assume we're talking about tuning machines and not tuners, because I was thinking clip-on tuners and stuff. Um, but I think now you're kind of meaning tuning machines. What tuners? Um, for uh, I did a video, Sharpen My Axe on my tailor, and I put Spurzels on. Spurzels. Spurzel. Spurzel on my uh, on my Taylor guitar. Uh, that was because I had a set. That's really what it was. Came down to I had a set laying around, and that's what I I go. Let's use it. I have you know use what you got. There was no reason to buy a set of locking tuners. Um, so David, to answer your question, I like uh, up upgrading the tuners on an acoustic guitar. Um, there always is a chance, especially on acoustic guitar, you're going to change things you love about the guitar when you mess with things. I can't say that it's exact science as on electric guitar, but on acoustic guitar, man, you mess with anything and you're taking a chance that something that you like about the guitar is going to change. So that being said, I, ge I general generally will put light tuners on acoustic guitars light being weight wise you know right so open gear hip shots uh you know what i mean uh you know cluson style open gears a lot of open gear style tuners you know anything that's light and then locking because i like to you know just put on strings real fast the point that i'm telling you is i don't want to suggest something to you and then you end up in a bad space i want you to think about the fact that i do that and i have noticed that there is tonal differences when you change the tuners on acoustic guitar some of that could be, uh, what is it called? Placebo effect. You think you're hearing it because you know it's something happened. It's obviously possible. But just in case, be aware of that. But that's what I use. Uh, lower, uh, low, lighter tuning keys. And then for acoustics, my favorite for some reason, I've, I put the Spurzels because I had them, but I really was determined to put hip shots and I'll probably put, end up putting hip shots on, on all my acoustics at some point. Open gear hip shots. That's why I just love them for that. 
Uh, I love ratio tuners, don't get me wrong. I talk about those all the time and the Graphtech guys have been good to me. So that's why I wanna mention them because they are a good product and I do love them on some of my electric guitars. But the open gear ultralight hip shot tuners uh, for when I'm trying to save weight, you know, and I make sure the guitar is neck heavy, uh, I use those. Um, let me go ahead, and I know you got some super chats, but I want to try to find some not super chats real quick and find some people that are there's that are putting out questions or comments or subjects or things about the environment or how you feel about staying home all the time, practicing guitar and becoming so good at it. <laughs> Is anyone depressed that they haven't become really good at guitar right now? <laughs> Is anyone... Talk about silly things to worry about. Uh, I like Bill Burr, the comedian. Some people have mixed feelings about him, but he did say something once that he he once did a bit. I like a lot of comedians, so he once did a bit, and he talked about the fact that uh, every time somebody says they want to kill themselves, it's never over anything real. It's always over something silly, right? Like once he said, you know, he said, I, I, I told my girlfriend I'd bake a pie, and then she reminded me, and I was like, ah, I just want to kill myself. And uh, and uh, so that was the joke. The 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 connection to what I'm about to say is, um, you know, the world is in some real peril right now and there's some stuff going on. And of course, this is the stuff we should be talking about, not here on this channel, but talking about and worrying about. What's funny is it's funny how things get into your head and you, you can't stop a thought, right? And so the other day I had a thought like, uh, uh, somebody was saying, Hey, when are they letting us back out, you know, in public in the world? And, uh, my first reaction, to that statement was, Oh man, I didn't get as good on guitar as I thought I was going to get during this. Like I was just all of a sudden that was my third. And then I chuckled because I'm like, what is wrong with me as a person? That was my first thought. <laughs> Right. But I just thought like, ah, oh, it's kind of like, kind of like the thought of like, I, I, like if a guy goes to jail for a month, he's like, I'm going to get ripped. <laughs> and then two days before the reason, he's like, I didn't get ripped. What did I do wrong? I feel the same way. I'm like, why didn't I get super awesome at guitar during this? <laughs> so maybe I did. I don't know. I practiced a lot, but it just didn't seem to work. Um, let's see. Uh, let's do another comment or question. Either one. Uh, yeah, SD Design says, Phil said frustrating. Yes, and instead of frustrating with an R. Yeah, it's just the way I talk. It's not coming out, the R. So uh, it's different things. Like I say wolf with an L, but like I, most people in my family don't say wolf with an L. They say wolf. Uh, it's just how you, it's just how you raise buddy. It's uh, I know it's frustrating. I just don't say it that way. I say it fast and it sounds frustrating. There's probably not an R in there <laughs> for me. Um, and what's worse is, <laughs> and I appreciate you, SD Designs pointed out, but what's funny is, I'll tell you a little secret. <laughs> for, for some some guys are people, I don't know who's out there making comments, uh, but some people, when they put comments and I'll say something and they go, that's not how you say it. I uh, I got a little sick, I get a little sick joy out of that because I, I kind of will then purposely do it wrong even more just because I know it's kind of like, I feel like a silly thing to get upset about. SD, I know that's not your point here. I know you're not trying to bust my chops or maybe a little, but it's okay, right? We're, we all, we're all, we're all, everybody can be called to the mat. It's all right is what I'm saying. <laughs> so, and uh, I know it's frustrating. 
<laughs> it was the other one they got me for was uh, Valentine's Day with an N. I, I know it's Val- uh, no, Valentine's Day with an N, right? But when I say it, it always sounds like Valentine's Day. And I'm pretty sure, and here's what's funny. Uh, usually I think it's the way they, I enunciate the words or it's, you know, again, maybe a, a, if you could say a thing like a, a, an accent. But that one actually may be uh, more of a psychological thing. I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. And I was trying. I'm pretty sure for a long period of my time when I was a little kid, I thought it was called Valentine's Day. Like time. Like it's Valen's Times Day. It's just time for Valen. I don't know. And, uh, and then I was like, I don't know. Did I read that somewhere? Or that really was that happening to me? I couldn't remember. So when somebody said, you're saying Valentine's and not Valentine's, I was like, oh. And then I'm like, oh, did I do it on purpose? And then I started laughing. And then I did it on purpose because I was like, oh, I just love it too much now. All About Guitars, man. <laughs> All About Guitars said, man, I have a guitar with a licensed Floyd Rose. Just put Goto Springs and she improved 100%. Absolutely. Cheap. Floyd Roses, and I mean that with like, you know, all the care you can say when you say cheap Floyd Roses. I mean cheap ones. I'm talking about these weird knockoff ones you find in a in a rogue guitar in a pawn shop somewhere or a or a West Tone or Series 10 or Hoffner or whatever, all those weird ones. In my experience, there's a couple things you can do to a Floyd Rose to make them instantly better. Or one of these Floyd Rose license knockoffs, whatever that stuff, all that cheaper stuff. Springs, I remove, uh, you can go on all parts. It's not cheap, it's like 20 bucks, but it's way cheaper than buying a really nice Floyd Rose. You can buy the Tremolo arm assembly, uh, you know, the, the whammy bar assembly, and you replace that. It's made in Germany. The ones that they sell are made in Germany. Um, and uh, replace that. It's just two two screws. Put it in there, or two nuts, whatever. And uh, and uh, it doesn't do that wiggle thing that drives me crazy uh, with the cheaper Floyd Roses, where you know you go to dive bomb, and before you even pull, make make the bridge tilt, you wiggle just a little bit. <laughs> drives me nuts uh so um so there's a couple and then replace those little crappy little blocks in there with some decent ones you know what i mean uh and so yeah uh and i think springs i think springs are a heavily overlooked component this is something i was just talking about with a friend he was talking about two springs versus three and he's like what and he asked me he's like which ones do you use and i said well it depends are you using the cheap ones that you the aftermarket cheap ones the ones that come with guitars or are you buying some nice ones um and some nice springs are are Again, it's funny to me. Uh, it's funny to me how musicians, as a whole, and we're all guilty, uh, won't spend eleven ninety eight on a product because they're like, "That's ridiculous." But you'll buy a three thousand dollar guitar, or you'll buy a hundred fifty dollar pedal. But you know, what I mean, sometimes those those inflated cheap exper- uh, prices. In other words, the thing that like, yeah, I, I get it. It looks like it costs three bucks, and you shouldn't pay eleven. But to me, the eleven dollars to get good tone doesn't seem like the worst investment. It only sucks when you get it and you realize it doesn't do anything. So, but springs are worth it. And uh, Floyd Rose upgrades is uh, where I buy my stuff, my springs and stuff, the colored ones like everybody else. Um, I had used them many times. I was using them from another source. Believe it or not, my buddy Eric gave me some and uh, a couple years ago. And when he gave them to me, I was like, oh, I like these better than the ones I'm, I'm sourcing now. And so I started buying from them. They're expensive. Like I said, you're like, what? For springs? It's worth it makes a huge difference so if you care uh let's see what else uh let me hit uh hold on uh we got wood voodoo fist hey voodoo fist it says i have a 112 combo with four ohm output Uh uh-huh okay and for the extension speaker can i plug into a 16 ohm 112 cab 
So the question is, okay, so we're going to be very clear because we want to be very clear when we're talking about ohms, okay? Voodoo Fist. You have a 112 combo with a 4-ohm output option, okay, for the extension speaker. So the question becomes, it's really not that simple. It's really as simple as you need to know if you're running, if what's the internal speaker running at? So if you have a 4-ohm output, I can tell you this. You can, this is what you can get away with safely. If you have a four-ohm output, four output, see I'm saying four-ohm, four-ohm output, if you're, and you're trying to go to a 16-ohm speaker and your internal speaker is eight-ohms or 16-ohms, you'll get away with it. You'll be fine. If your internal speaker is four-ohms, I want, I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't even know what amp we're talking about or any of the manuals and stuff. I'm just giving you the general don't-dos. If your internal speaker is four ohms, my concern would be if you load another four ohm, you're going to jump to two ohms, and the amp's not going to be able to handle that. It's going to it's going to run too hot. Okay, so what I'm telling you is generally what I'm what I've learned from amp builders like Tony Crank and uh, other amp builders who gave me advice when I asked about these own questions. And a lot of it is like when you're dealing in the four and or sorry, when you're dealing with sixteen ohms and eight ohms and combinations of, as long as the amp's capable of putting out eight ohms, you're going to be okay with that. But uh, so, uh, but what's great is uh, Voodoo Fist for something like that. If it's that big of an issue and it's not not hard of a question, you're not going to send me six paragraphs. If you send me a picture of the back of your amp to the pmcknight7 at gmail uh, dot com or the ask know your gear and just put you know Voodoo Fist in the subject matter, I'll know what we're talking about today. Uh, I can I can look it up real fast and shoot it back to you and we'll be safe um questions like that are so fast i can probably flip that real quick and you know and obviously you super chatted and stuff so i want to take care of you um so just let me know if i can help with that but i can tell you this if i look at it i'll be able to tell you fast and do it from my phone all right hold on declan i see you buddy i just got to do a non-super chat when i'm jumping around uh and good time you know i should drink water when i'm reading Vincent says, how about after all this silliness, we meet at Four Peaks, which is a brewery here in, in the Phoenix area. I drink their IPAs and their kilt lifters um, and other probably beers from them. <laughs> and uh, you and uh, you, uh, you mod my CG. Um, yeah, you know, I'd be up for all. I'm, I don't know. Do you, you know what I mean? Vincent, here's what's funny. I, I keep asking myself internally when they, when they let us free, am I going to run? and go do something or i'm just gonna stay home and go yeah wait i saw a great meme today it was uh a picture of all the star trek red shirts getting ready to go outside and it said these are the first people to go outside after covid and i was like yeah it's gonna feel like that so to answer your question i'd be up for it but then again you know who knows when that's gonna happen eric the red said ah ipas yeah they make a good one um all right let's do uh oh let's find declan real quick declan there's i know there's others hold on i'm just gonna find declan real fast declan he says uh i've been cleaning my fretboard with the dario lemon oil and i noticed the cloth is black with dirt afraid to use too much oil can i use cleaner on it um don't be afraid of the dirt man the dirt on your cloth is good because that's the dirt that was in your fretboard you're not removing any now there is a small and i mean small one of those disclaimers right like please don't drink the windex but um here's a small disclaimer that if your fretboard was dyed 
technically there is a way you could be removing dye from your fretboard but again the odds of your fretboard being dyed and removing the dye are very low i just want to get that out of the way because uh, i've seen it once maybe twice but it was so rare and weird back to your uh your issue um you don't want to go crazy with the oil anyways because too much oil on the fretboard you can loosen frets i've never seen it done but i've heard it so many times I just get nervous um, because you don't want to get too crazy with it. My experience is the wood the wood absorbs what it wants, and then it doesn't absorb anymore, <laughs> right? So that being said, if you're telling me you have a lot of black soot-looking stuff on your fret on your cloth, keep in mind that stuff's not only coming off your fretboard but off your frets. Your frets are putting off this this crap too. Um, so uh, my my answer to you is the black on your cloth is good. And uh, if the concern is what well, you keep doing over and over again, but it never stops and never, well, that's because there's still crap stuck in all those little grains and all this stuff. So um, do I think you should do it until it stops? No, I'm just saying, don't worry about it. So, um, but, but also too, keep in mind, I, I literally have said this many times. I will condition my fretboards on a guitar twice a year max, once every six months. And I don't even do it that often. It's just, con- just in my head, like, you know, treat it you know, uh, uh, once or twice a year. And it usually for me, it's about every three or four string changes. If I'm, I'm changing the strings every couple months, you know what I mean? Just finally do it. So you don't have to worry about it too much. Um, and, uh, but yeah, can you use cleaners? I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Cause I don't know what kind of cleaner you're using and I don't know what you were exposing to the wood and you don't want to get anything on the wood. That's not supposed to be there. So again, I would just a little bit of lemon oil on the cloth, wipe it down, if there's dirt on the cloth, I think if your concern is that you're just afraid that there's just still dirt on your fretboard and stuff, well, you know, that's always going to be the case, man. It's always going to be a little dirty. And I've, I've, that's it's really tough. And most of the dirt's coming from you back onto the fretboard, which is why the maple fretboards are so dirty, because all our dirty, grubby hands. <laughs> that's why you got to wash your hands after you play guitar and before. Oh, if Ralph was here right now, and he might be listening right now because he's sometimes listening on the podcast right now because he's working from home, he'll tell you. He's learned to get okay with it, I think. I could be wrong. <laughs> he gets mad because I make him wash. I make everybody do this, but even my best friend. I make him wash his hands before and after they touch my guitars. I make everybody wash their hands. They go, can I play guitar? I'm like, wash your hands. <laughs> Not all the time, but a lot of the time. <laughs> uh... Oh, Matt Bud. <laughs> oh, Matt. Man, do you have a great question? It only appeals to us crazy, crazy collector type people with all the weirdest, dumbest problems to have. You have a dumb problem. It's a dumb problem that only some of us relate to. Matt says, I love the way the guitar plays and sounds. He loves it, but he hates the color. What should he do? I'm going to tell you the answer that I wish my friends would tell me. Then keep the guitar (laughs) and learn to like the color or the irony that it's not the right color. Here's why I say that. A lot of the guitars I own are exactly that. I love the way they play. I love the way they sound. And I do not like the color. Um, And I'm constantly doing this crap where I'm on reverb or places going, well, if I sell my guitar for X and I buy the same guitar for this much more, but it's in the color I want. And the difference of getting the color is only this much money. But then the concern is when you get the new guitar, what if it doesn't play and sound like the first guitar, which is what happens most of the time. So 
Um, no, to answer your question, uh, you should keep the guitar. Because you know why? Think about it. Think about it this way. And this is the way I rational. And I'm not saying it's this is going to help you. Uh, I hope it is. Because I know you're going to still be on reverb tonight looking at your same guitar in different colors. But while you're doing that, I want you to hear what I'm about to say to you, Matt. Prioritize what matters to you in an instrument. Not that instrument. Just in an instrument. What is the most important thing to you? To me, it is the way the neck feels. It should be the sound. That should be the answer. It's not for me. It's how the neck feels. Then it's how it sounds, right? Then it's how heavy it is, <laughs> right? Uh, prioritize that stuff. And then you realize when you look at it that way, the color really isn't popping up as much as you think. But when you're staring at a guitar and you're not factoring else in, the color seems to be everything. I, I, I know. So uh, there you go. <laughs> hope that hope that hope that makes a lot of sense um so all right now we got that out of our system uh david uh sun 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 there's a lot of weird letters in there man david sun d k v it's like sun vist i'm gonna say sun sun vist it's probably something is in there silent right like a k sun vist i'd like to find out one day uh, what's your uh, take on the Gibson P94T pickup? I have one here right now. I installed one in the, um, Phil X Sharpen My Axe video, uh, in the neck of that guitar. I have another one here and I am, uh, doing the video. If you guys noticed there wasn't a pickup video this week, that's cause the whole Facebook thing got to take some time. That was nice. Uh, thanks Facebook again for that. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? Um, that's the video I'm working on literally as we speak, which is the, there'll be two and they're both about P90s. In fact, if you guys that are savvy, I know this is like 720p and it's live streaming. It's not that great. But if you guys can tell, if you're looking behind me, the Insomnium guitar has P90s in it right now. That's to let you know something's coming about P90s and maybe humbucker shaped P90s. So something you guys definitely be asked for. It's probably the most requested thing everyone was asking me for is the P90 stuff, P90 pickups and the P90 uh, P94s. So I have the DiMaggio uh, uh, P90 humbucker size pickup and their new one that's noiseless. I have a P94T uh, from uh, from Gibson. So uh, I'll be playing around with that stuff. So as my take on it, I like them makes that easy okay um hold on uh jared's got a question he says hey phil what are your thoughts on the positive grid spark i just bought one and i was curious uh if you've tried it now the spark is the new practice amp right i should know that i gotta look because I, I don't want to I don't want to make I want to make sure before I say anything that it's not the head. Some of you guys are probably because I can't remember which one's which. Uh, yeah, the sparks the combo. Um, so uh, what's uh, so what are my thoughts on it? I'm reviewing it. I'm going to do a review of it. Um, the review will be out very very soon, right? I mean very soon. Um, the uh, uh, what happened was, I think I mentioned last week that 
Positive Good reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in checking one out, and I was because obviously you know the you know it's a, it's in contender for the Katana and the uh, Yamaha THR10 and stuff. And uh, some of you guys reached out to me and let me know that there's some there's some drama with Positive Grid and there's a Facebook page about people not getting your amps. So of course you know that concerned me. That's not something I I, I want to. Uh, well, it's not something I, I necessarily worry about, like it's drama. I just worry about the fact that I'm like, uh, you know, I don't want to review something if there's people aren't getting their products that they paid for and stuff. So uh, so I went and did some research, as you guys did, and it looked like there was a problem, and I seemed to be, it seems to be a very validated problem, but it seems to be getting cleared up right now. So, um, and the reason I said that is because I wanted to make sure when I review it, you know what I mean, what's going on. So, uh, Jared, I, all I can tell you is I have a review coming um, now that I feel pretty pretty okay that i see that people are getting the amp now and i think i'm somewhat understanding what happened it looks like there was a, a kickstarter and people pre-ordered the amp and some people just weren't getting their amps or a lot of people weren't getting their amps and i can't speak to that i don't work for these companies or work with them in any degree you know degree basically these companies you know like i told you guys a thousand times before they care about you guys not me they're 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 like hey this person has an audience how do we get in front of this audience and we're an audience of gear junkies Oh, not all of us. Some of you guys are actual musicians. <laughs> Some of you both. Good for you. But anyways, you don't understand what I'm saying. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that's my take on it. Uh, I haven't tried it yet. Uh, it literally got here and it just got here. In fact, what I was, uh, the, one of the concerns was somebody was like, they're getting yours before everybody pre-ordered theirs. But it looks like mine was shipped in the same bunch. And that's what I not confirmed but it looks like that seems to be very apparent that they got all the shipment and then they reached out to channels like me and said, do you want one? And we'd like to send one out. And, uh, and uh, there you go. So I'll let you know what I think of it. Um, I really, really would like to do two videos with it. So, you know, I'd like to do a video of it, reviewing it like a just the open box experience of it. Share that with you guys if you're on the market for thinking about getting one because they're 300 bucks. And then I really feel the valuable thing I can bring to the table is I would do a shootout with that in the Katana 50 since they're both in the 250 to $300 range and AB them. And then, uh, and then I can give you my insights of, you know, what I like about each one why you make that purchase, you know, especially stuff like that where there's nowhere to put your hands on it. Right now, there's nowhere to go trek anything out. So you need these videos. Um, so there you go. Thoughts on that. But of course, if any of you guys watching this and you've had any of the frustration with this uh, uh, positive grid stuff, you know, don't feel, feel free. Don't feel free. Don't feel free. No, feel free to continue to reach out to me through the Ask New Year Gear and let me know anything. Um, you know, uh, again, it looks like it's resolved and I hope everybody's being taken care of. All right. What else do we got? We got Wing, Winged Wolf 56. There was 55 other Winged Wolves, Winged Wolves, before this one. It's an old joke, but it gives me enough time to drink water. All right. Um, says I'm trying to decide between a Fender Super Champ 2 dose and the Vox G20X. What do you think? I'm. I told you guys before, dude. I feel horrible. You super chatted me for some advice that I probably, I can't give you good advice. All I can give you is that is is I would pick the Super Champ. But my logic for that is is dumb as I've owned the Super Champ and I like it, and I haven't owned the Vox GT G, GT Twenty X. So horrible, horrible. Uh, you know, it's not like I'm. I can tell you like, oh, I've had both and I've tried both. And here's what I decided. I've tried one. I like that one. I have not tried the other, so I can't speak to it. Um, but, uh, 
but I do like the Super Champ. I like Fender's warranties. I like I still like Fender as a company. Big corporate company they are. I still like them because they have a lot of customer service. Uh, they're they're so good to customers as a whole. Um, Vox, I don't have any issues with. I'd like to get my hands on Vox products. In fact, there was a checklist of stuff this year that I wanted to do, and Vox was on the list. And of course, you know, it's just not happening because I don't know anybody at Vox, and I can't go to the store now and get one. I can order one online like everybody else, but it'd be random. It'd be the most random videos I'd ever do. Um, Okay. Hold on a second. Just so you know. <laughs> like I was going to start saying. That's the sign on. Just so you know. DRB. It says, just so, you, just so you know, I am a night shift worker and thought yesterday was Friday and wondered why you weren't broadcasting. I am glad to see you today. Well, just so you know, I want to thank you for... Obviously, if you're a night shift worker, I think you're working outside of your house. You might be working for home in the night shift, but either way, you know, uh, if you're out there working, man, I appreciate it. It's a, it's a crazy time that it's like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, for years after nine 11, everything was like, thank you for your service. So, you know, before nine 11, uh, especially the military guys will know this. No one cared. No one cared during the service. And then after nine 11, it was thank you for your service. And I always had an awkwardness with that. I have awkward with it to this day. In fact, I sometimes purposely won't wear any kind of, uh, military garb stuff. Cause I just don't handle, a compliment or a thank you. I don't handle anything very well. I don't handle the compliments very well. I don't handle thank yous very well. I don't handle go F off very well. Everything just feels awkward to me, (laughs) right? I like everything just flat, like, hey, hey, (laughs) that's enough. We just met. It's not that exciting or that bad yet. So so anyways, my point is uh, I feel now a different kind of perspective because now I'm at the grocery store and the kids bagging my groceries and I'm thinking, thank you for your service. And then I'm like, is that what it feels like? Is that what, like, did people, were they looking at people that were in the military and it was more, because it always felt like just something people were, felt like they were required to say. And so when they'd say it to you, I'd be like, well, I turned wrenches a long time ago. I'm not like a real person that saved anyone in the military. You know what I mean? Why are you thinking me? And then now I'm like, no, I, I get it, I guess. You know what I mean? I get it. I want to thank people for, you know, basically taking a chance out there. So thank you guys, everyone out there taking this chance, doing this stuff, man. God bless you. So, all right. Back to guitar talk. <laughs> Uh, Tony, Tony M said, why'd you join the military, Phil? What did you do in the military? Why did I join? I was broke. I will tell you that is the answer. Most people in the military will give because it's the truth. Uh, I literally, the, the, the decision to join the military really came down to this. Uh, my truck broke down and it had a full tank of gas and my girlfriend's car, who's my wife, by the way, now, uh, ran, but we had no gas when we just paid rent. We had no money. So I had to siphon the gas out of my broken truck and put it in a car. And everyone who watches a movie where the guy goes, and it's just that and then they stick the hose in it that's crap it is horrible i did not enjoy it and i thought you know maybe instead of sucking gas on the side of the road i will join the army (laughs) that was my decision process right there i was like yep i'm done with that and since i'm being really funny and honest right now i'll tell you even funnier how i got so broke was i took a job working at a furniture store 
and it was a good paying job, like a really good paying job. And it was a good opportunity for me. And uh, anyways, uh, I worked at the furniture store. And then one day, uh, the owner uh, asked me and the other guy who worked there to get this black leather couch for somebody. This is how great my wife is, by the way. Remember, my, my wife was my girlfriend at the time. Um, they asked me, they said, the customer wants this black leather couch. And we went up there and there was a scratch in the black leather couch. And so we go get the owner and she comes upstairs because it was an upstairs loft in the thing. And we say, this couch is damaged. We need to get a different one. And she uh, gets out like this Sharpie paint pen thing. And she goes, no, it's fine. And then she goes and she hands it to me and tells me to fix the scratch with this paint pen. And I quit. That isn't important. What's important was I did not have the money to quit. I didn't have anything to quit. Quitting that job, I don't know how to explain it to some of you guys out there, especially younger guys watching this, younger guys and gals at that time in my life. Quitting that job was like guaranteeing the destruction of my life. And I walked out. And at the time, thank God, she's, you know, she's ran the long haul with me. At the time, my wife had a long, hard struggle trying to understand the logic of this dumbass boyfriend quitting a really good job over a Sharpie marker sofa incident. Um, and uh, later, though, 20 years later, we both come to realize maybe it was a character choice and maybe it was the right choice for me. But at the time when you're young, it just seemed like I was just too opinionated and, and you know, high on my horse. So that's how I ended up in the Army. What I do in the Army? It was a 63 hotel. I turned wrenches, man. I fixed big pieces of equipment. So sometimes dug them out of the mud. It was very fun. Uh, let's see. What else? That was a weird thing. We're never going to talk about guitars on this channel again, I could tell. <laughs> Let me find these super chats. They're like disappearing. Okay, hold on. Uh, Ryan says, hey, Phil, love the channel. Speaking of strap locks, what do you like uh, for electron electrics? Okay, I'm looking into a set of PRS. Wait, I'm confused. I'm looking to add a set to my PRS SE24. Don't want to enlarge the hole and uh, and not be able to go back to strap buttons. Okay, so here's a good, uh, I would suggest for you to get the Schaller strap locks. You can get the Dunlop ones too, but I prefer the Schaller ones for the PRSs. Here's why. SE's slightly different. I can tell you this on the core and the S2s, it's guaranteed on the SE, on the SE it should be this. The screw that comes with those guitars should fit through the actual unit that you get from Schaller. Again, SE is really tricky. It's been a long time since I've done an SE. Um, but I will tell you, those of you guys that have cores and S2s, PRSs, if you get Schaller strap locks, you just remove the actual screw from PRS and you put it right through and it'll actually all work and you don't have to drill a new hole, a new screw. But Ryan, the important part is if you get those strap locks from Schaller, the screws that come with them are slightly longer. So you understand they're not, they're not supposed to make the hole bigger. They're supposed to go deeper in and hold in better. The other thing you can do that makes sense is you can use a two toothpick and some uh, wood glue, just Elmer's wood glue. I soak the toothpick, you know, in the wood glue, you know, right? Just get a little soft, pull it out. And then, you know, like my little shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> Apparently I flicked 
glue on my counter. So, <laughs> and, then, and then stick it in the hole and put the screw on there and it's super easy, man. So you don't have to do that. You don't have to worry about uh, boring it out. That that being said, that's what I recommend. I like the Schaller strap locks. Um, there's a lot of fake ones on Amazon and everyone be be familiar with that. Every time I hear somebody tell me about Schaller's being crap, there's a lot of times they have fake ones. Not all the time. Everything's got a flaw, um, but I like the Schaller ones. Um, I use DiMarzio strap locks on almost every guitar. When I say almost, I mean like 99% of my guitars. I just like them. They're easy for me. It's like wearing a seatbelt because uh, the seatbelt material is really good. And so I've had it since 1993. My first DiMarzio strap lock. I had something I got to tell Larry DiMarzio this week uh, on the phone, which is was exciting for me just to tell him that my very first strap that I ever bought, my first real strap, is in 1993 and I still have it. It's my black um, DiMarzio strap lock. What I didn't get to tell him, though, was maybe what a funny is, is that I have about 20 or 25 black DiMarzio locking strap locks and I don't know which one's the original one. That's how crazy, that's how good they are. That sounds like a commercial, but it just kind of makes you laugh because I was like, I was looking at them and then none of them are dated and I was looking for differences in them and I really couldn't find a whole lot because I've been buying them over the last, you know, so and so years. So it tells you how, how good they are. All right. Let's see what else we got. By the way, I know I missed some super chats, guys. I will make sure I, I scoop them somehow. We find them. It's a new system, new, new, new world for YouTube on this new super chat system uh, for me. All About Guitar says, Phil, I love Randall's uh, amps. Okay. Before I bought mine, I went to their official page. It is, it's so poor. Yep. I'm blessed with the amp, disappointed with the page. Uh, yes. With their information. They're, they're not prospering as a company. Let's put it that way, right? So you have KMC and they own Washburn and Randall. And, you know, everybody, look, it's, it's, uh, everybody's been wondering when Randall's going to die as a company. Uh, and I mean, everybody meaning mostly the fans of Randall. Um, not because people, we don't want the Randalls, not because people don't like Randalls, just it's, it's, you know, it's a company, it's a big corporation that doesn't put a whole lot of love and energy into Randall. And that, and that website's in it. You know, this is the same company member that told everybody. Uh, I remember on the live shows, you guys, the diehards, the ones who've been watching this show, 157 episodes in the in the double digits will remember this. Remember when everyone, every, every week would be like, Phil, you say Parker's not coming back, but Parker says they're coming back. And I said, they're not coming back. It's 2020 and there's no Parkers. That was KMC. I already knew they weren't going to bring it back. Same reason with Randall. You know, it's just something they're not going to put. They're not putting gasoline on that fire. They're not trying to get the excitement. You know, it takes energy. In this market, in this world, you cannot rest on your laurels unless you're Gibson and Fender. You know, my joke, (laughs) I've never told you guys this, but my joke is, and sometimes I believe this, but it's a fun joke. And I don't mean it to be rude because it's mostly for fun. I sometimes would laugh when I think, I think sometimes Gibson and Guitar Center not Fender so much, but maybe Fender too. They wake up every day and they go, we should try and destroy this company. And they try, but it just won't go anywhere because that's how that's how iconic the, the the market and the brands are. You know, In other words, my, my joke is, would you be shocked to find out that those companies are actually trying to kill themselves all these years and they've just been unable to? Um, that's why I say, other than those couple exceptions that seem to be no matter what happens, they continue on. And I remember, I think what happens is we... They're iconic. We all, not all, but you know what I mean? Majority of people still go to Guitar Center. Majority of people are still buying Gibsons and Fenders. Um, But my point is, everyone else has to work at it. You have to work. Guitar brands, amp brands, it's a fight to win to to, to take the market. And Randall's got to put in an effort. Otherwise, they're not going to do it. 
And uh, and so it's not about them trying to get rid of the brand or kill the brand. It's just by them not promoting that brand, they're doing that. All right. I'm looking for, I got Ken Dominic, 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 reaction channel. Ken Dominic reaction channel. You should just be Ken's reaction channel. <laughs> Ken Dominic reaction channel says Phil's legal fund. Please don't super chat me for legal funds or for stuff like that. You know, part of that is, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, I appreciate it. Don't get me wrong, but you understand, like I'm sitting here, we're answering questions on a Friday. You guys super chat me. Uh, you watch the videos. I get paid from the videos. You know what I mean? There's a ton of ways that, you know, you buy the merch, the shirts, there's tons of support. That's how I'm able to run this uh, business. You guys are supporting it. So uh, so that's why I'm able to basically uh, get a, an attorney involved and say, hey, how can I shut this stuff down, right? And let's be honest, as much as I want to protect you guys, I'm also trying to protect myself as well. So again, uh, so there's, there's, it's a self, that's what's great about that. It's a self-serving interest. In other words, by helping somebody else, I'm helping myself. That's, that's always the, the best scenario, I think, right? So if you can, is that killing two birds with one stone? Or is it smacking one Facebook down with one lawyer? I don't know. I don't know what the saying is. Doug Strong says, I'm about to pre-order a Maple Neck Silver Sky. Okay. If PRS ever opens again, have you been able to leverage your reach to play one? Uh, first impressions. Yeah, I, I've talked about this before. I played one at the NAMM show. It was brief. I liked it. If you're into Maple Necks, I get it. It's uh, more of a, I don't want to say satin, because like I said, it's more of an unfinished kind of neck feel. Um the I would say if it was me, my only advice is if you want maple, you want what you want, you should get what you want. You won't be sorry. However, you can right now score yourself a really good rosewood neck PRS Silver Sky for a deal. So, uh, so think about that. Factor that in because it's not even about like a it, before it would probably be like which one do you pick? It's the same price, but now you could probably score a Silver Sky for two to five hundred dollars off sticker price, so to speak. Um, and my understanding through unconfirmed sources and just, you know, talking to companies all week and all the places I've talked to, uh, PRS is, is trying to open this month. Uh, it will probably be towards the tail end of this month, um, for sure. But that's their goal is to get, get, you know, get back to business. But again, everybody's trying, you know, to do the thing, but they're trying to do it smart and they're trying to do it safe. So, and PRS is one of the companies that they're letting the employees stay home and they're paying them uh, a reduced, I think a reduced salary for some of them. But the whole point is, you know, they're keeping them on the books. They haven't like had a, had a furlough anybody. Um, all right. Uh, so the reason I tell you that is it's not like they have to track down their employees and stuff. Once they make the phone call, the employees run back to the factory and go to work. And that's what, and they're all dying to, I'm sure. Everybody's, I'm not working right now. I'm sure is dying to get to work. Maybe not everybody. <laughs> I'm sure there's somebody out there eating cereal and playing video games, enjoying it a little bit. I, at least I would imagine. Through, um, So what else do we got? We got Tony Goyburn. Hi, Tony. How's it going? Says, this is for you to buy a Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. Triple high octane IPA. That's funny. Sierra Nevada Torpedo. I haven't tried it. I'll have to try it. But the ones I'm drinking now is called Knots Hop or something. It's a, it's a it's a uh, it's a Four Peaks one, but it's weird name. Knots something Hop Hop Knots Hop Knots. 
it came in a sample pack. My wife got me a sample pack a week or so ago. And uh, this is funny because we were talking about everything but guitars in this 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 day. Uh, it had two or three IPAs in it. And I said, yeah, so you know, I don't like IPAs. And she's like, oh, you don't? And I'm like, yeah, it's not my thing. It's a little too sour or something. And then, of course, because COVID, you're like, oh, I'm, I go to the store and try to not die, I guess, or drink the three IPAs that are left in the beer and the fridge. So I drank the IPA. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm an IPA guy. So then the next time she went to the store, I said, could you get more of those Knott's Hops IPAs? And she's like, you don't like those. I'm like, uh, I think I do now. <laughs> there you go. See, something good from come this. I've learned to like IPA. Uh Maybe that's the bad thing to come from this. Um, this is funny, Mike. Okay, Mike Mooney. Guys, please don't support my alcohol fund. I don't need to become an alcoholic at this point in my life. Uh, it says, Mike says, uh, how about buying you some beer? Get six uh, of the decent IPAs on me. Thanks, man. I guess you guys all like IPAs, huh? I was late to the game on this one. You know, whenever I would get samplers uh, of, of beers, it was always the IPAs that I was like, oh, I got to get through this. And then all of a sudden something clicked, man. It's like, I loved it. Justin made this super chat for no reason with the three hand claps. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Uh, and, uh, Still loving your memes. Was that you that put out the Star Trek meme that I say I saw today? I don't think it was. I think most of the other memes are you putting out that stuff. Um, and hold on. I know I missed a, a couple super chats, guys. Let me let me look. Well, I'm looking for non-super chats. I'll try and find them. Uh, Melissa said, so you always have been a man of integrity. You know what I think about that? I always appreciate you saying, you know, somebody saying that. That's great. It feels good. But I don't feel like uh, integrity is a thing that is like a constant test, right, of integrity. I think everybody's constantly tested. Uh, and that's how I feel personally. Like, I'm like, ah, oh, just constantly got to work at this. And uh, no, I've done horrible stuff, too. It just happens. You can't help it. Sometimes intentional, some unintentional. Uh, I think that's the re- reality of things, right? It's the balance scale. You're trying, you're trying to be the person you want to be. <laughs> right so yeah so thank you yeah and back then though yeah maybe it was the right course who knows maybe i would be some creepy furniture sale guy now uh if i you know didn't didn't go the route and get in the service i definitely didn't regret joining uh although at the time my my wife which was my girlfriend thought i was crazy <laughs> so James said, I'm sorry you had to suck gas. Yeah, well, you know what's good? I did it once. If you have to suck gas, once is enough. <laughs> right? Horrible things in your life, if you've done once, you're lucky. You're lucky. Uh, that's some other good advice. If we're giving out advice, I don't know why you don't want to take advice from me, but I'll tell you that. Anything that's horrible that's ever happened in your life, if it's only happened to you one time, that's where you're thankful because that means you either learn from it so it never happened again or you figured out whoever was doing it to you to get them the hell away from you or whatever it is, you you made a right choice to make it. So the second crappy thing and the same crappy time that happens with third is when you start going, the hell is wrong? And we're never talking about guitars today. <laughs> uh, Alex Redford says, hey, it was so great to meet you at NAMM. Hope you're staying safe. Hey, thank you. I was great. It was, you know, as I said, that now the NAMM feels extra special right 
Do you guys feel that way? Alex, do you feel that way? Like, like now when you're thinking back to a couple months ago, when we were all meeting and shaking, I shook almost everybody's hand at NAM. I made a point that she was the first year that I didn't, I used to never shake hands at NAM because I was like, I'm not touching anybody. And then this year I went crazy with the, 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 the Perel stuff. And I had it on a, on a, a rubber uh, hook on my belt loop hanging down. So what I would do is I'd shake a hand, then I'd reach like this, like a motion, pull, pull the cap off, squirt it into my hand like this, shut the cap. And I would, I would actually do this. I would clean this hand like this. I wouldn't even touch the other hand. Right. And then I would, and then it would do that and it would dry. And then, and I would just do that all day. And that's how I got from the NAM. I never got sick at this year's NAM. Um, but, uh, uh, but it's funny, right? Like now I look back and actually here's what's funny. I'm so thankful that I actually did that because I feel like that might be the last time in my life that I'm ever going to actually touch another person that I don't know. <laughs> right? Like that that would be it. Like I'm it's already it's, you know, I think we're going to be in a world now where it's like 6 feet away is the way to stay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Uh <laughs> we just never 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 getting anything we're never getting back to guitars um okay uh hold on i'm scanning for more questions and also for the missing super chats so if i missed one i apologize guys again i'm trying to just hit them uh oh uh, nope okay so let me uh Oh, you know what? This is a weird uh, segue, but I'll say it so I can put a link down below. If you guys saw, I did a video on Black Mountain Picks a couple weeks ago. A couple things about that that I didn't know. One thing, I told you the in the video, the owner is really cool. His name's Cole, and he's a full-time guitar teacher in Canada. What I didn't know is the picks are actually made in Canada, which is cool, right? Uh, the springs are made in, like, Illinois, and then the picks are assembled and made in Canada. So they're, they're made in Canada. That was cool. But the second thing is, he liked the video so much, and you guys bought so many picks from him that he was like, hey... Um, you know, is there any way you can help me out, you know, spread the word? And so I hooked him up with a bunch of YouTubers. Jay Leonard J did a video today that was just knock your socks off. The reason I'm telling you about it is if you bought one of those picks, watch Jay's video, Jay Leonard J. I'll put a link on the index right now. If you're watching the rebroadcast for the rest of you guys, you're going to have to just go to Jay Leonard J's channel. I don't know if I was, it was one of those videos where I watched it and I don't know if I'm super excited about that pick now, or if I'm like, I want a quick guitar forever. But I think I'm excited because it was a really cool video. And Jay Leonard Jay is just a monster player. That guy's just so, such a monster player. So uh, there you go. So there, do that. Uh, and then Hose316, apparently we're starting a beer channel. Hose316 says, I never used to like IPAs, but the hazy ones uh, are growing uh, on me. Uh, be great to do a local get together when we can. Well, you know, there was supposed to be a local get together and then the COVID thing killed it. Remember, that's what was coming up. So I know I was going to do my first like meetup and then COVID happened. So it just happened. Uh, what else do we got? Ah, uh, Le- Leaper Mess- Messiah 777 says, Phil, any plans for a base pickup reviews comparisons? Mark at Somnium uh, has a, a base that does what the guitar does. And uh, and he would like to do some pickup videos uh, for the bass, and I would like to as well. And he said, since since I've been doing the video series with his guitar, he said he's gotten a lot of emails and a lot of questions about the basses. And uh, but uh, as you can imagine, right now, 
COVID's he, he, right now he is he's working to make sure everybody's guitars that they're ordering is getting done and so it's hard for him to be like messing around with new projects right now he's just staying on everybody who who's making sure you know that's ordering their guitars getting it so but yes i would love to do that uh Oh, good question. Douglas wants to know, can American tuners fit on an Affinity Squire? So he's talking about uh, American, the American, uh, they're ping, but they're they're on the American uh, 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 Fenders guitars. Um, no. In fact, you have two, Affinity Squires will have two different kinds of tuners depending on the year and the production run. And if they have the modern looking tuners that look like the Fender tuners, they'll have the two holes in the, in the wood for the two uh, pegs to fit into. They will not line up. So they're not going to work. So uh, if you want good tuners on your Affinity Squire, I really, really would suggest either doing the the ratio tuners if you got the cash with the adapter plates. Do that. For if you want to save some cash, get the hip shots with the ump plates. Put them on direct fit. It's easy, easy peasy. I promise. Uh, it'll be great. And especially here's Douglas. Take some good advice on the Affinity Squire. Um, if you're going to fix up your Infinity Squire, either if it's your first guitar and you think it's going to be sentimental and you're going to keep it forever, I would do that. Otherwise, I would make sure all the mods you do it can be removed so you can put the original stuff back if you ever decide to sell it to upgrade. And um, that's if you decide to do that. But with Squire, Affinity is a great guitar. But it's, you know, not not typically do all players stay with it forever. So who knows? But some do. I, I have an Affinity Squire. Wait, do I have a bullet? I have a bullet Squire. But you get the idea. Do those uh, hip shots and uh, get the, uh, the uh, they come with the ump plates. They're about $79 uh, and they're worth it. Worth it for the money. So uh, what else? Waterford Giant says, bought some picks. Can't wait for the arrival. Awesome. That's great. Thank you, uh, uh, you know, Waterford, uh, obviously, for doing the Super Chat, just to tell us that you got the picks. But it's nice to support companies. You know what it is? Man, that's like, I'm always looking for the the ultimate wins on those. When I met Cole at, at Black Mountain, what's great was, you know, when you, like I said, if you notice I was jazzed in the video, I'm jazzed now. It's because I like to see, you know, some guy gets an idea, he puts it into practice, he makes a, a, a hundreds of prototypes, he gets somebody to make the mold. They 3D print this pick. He makes it. He makes it in the U.S. It's hybrid, so it's half U.S., half Canada, but in North America, right? Not that it's you know needs to be made any, or bad if it's made anywhere else. I'm not trying to be political right now. I'm just trying to say it's a guitar pick is something that you usually see you know going right to the cheap uh, China markets and stuff. So the fact that he's like, hey, let's give some jobs here and do some stuff here, it's just great, right? What's not to to like? Um, so, you know, something I didn't know, and I'll pass on to you guys, the three packs were 20 bucks shipped anywhere in the North America, but I think he's got a reverb store too. And I think you can buy one for like eight bucks or something, six bucks shipped or something. So just, so you know, um, and the reason I tell you that is I have one right here. Uh, <laughs> it's going to sound like a thing. Uh, I, I think one's all you need. You know what I mean? Having three is going to be nice. Cause you're going to have three forever. Maybe give one to a friend. Um, I gave one of mine to Tone King. That's how come Tone King has one right now. Uh, if you guys saw, he talked about one. I gave him one. Uh, when Cole gave me a couple of these picks, uh, I made sure Tone King got one right away. Um, so um, uh, that being said, uh, get one and give one to a friend. It's a cool gift. It's, a, it's, it's something cool to give. Okay. Uh, Chris Goodwin says, hey, Phil, you have tried... You have... Wait, have you tried? No, he wants to know. Have you tried the Ernie Ball volume pedal tuner? Uh, considering one since I need a volume, 
and would also like to save space on the board. Thanks. I have not tried it. In fact, the only thing I know about it is, is like, wasn't it like promised and it keeps getting pushed back and pushed back? And I don't even, I think at some point I gave up and I, I don't know if it's been out yet. So uh, it seems cool. Seems like a, you know, space saving device. You know, right? I mean, you know, I don't see what the flaw in it is. I, I like Ernie Ball's products. I like them as a company. I trust their stuff. So I, I would imagine it's going to be a good product. It's a tuner. It's a pedal. Seems cool. Uh, the only thing I don't know is the price. If it's the same price, if it's a hundred bucks, something like that, it seems reasonable. Maybe one twenty, right? Whatever it is. Is it reasonable? Or is somebody going to go? No, it's three hundred ninety-eight dollars, and I'll be like, what? So, Matt Harrison said the Master Eight. <laughs> I talked about not enunciating earlier. Enunciating the Master Eight picks are pretty amazing. Thanks for the tip. Ah, yeah, I I love mine. I have them in my tray right here, and. Uh, See right here, uh, and uh, yeah, I dig them too. That was the other pick company I found at the at the in the basement at the Nam show. Except for these guys, when they gave me these picks, I was with Johnny Bean, so he, they gave me and Johnny Bean some picks. In fact, Johnny Bean was I think was with me when I met Cole too, because me and Johnny Bean were just walking the bottom uh, of the show, checking out you know the cool stuff, because that's all the 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 people that are trying to to get their business started or or get going. And um, well, not all those businesses down there. Some some of the the mass import and inexpensive junk stuff too but you get the idea it's a lot of the the hopefuls and uh these guys the only thing it was when they were showing me the pick they they had really no way to get distribution in the u.s you know what i mean it was like you'd have to i'd have to send you guys to a website over in japan and then you'd have to wait you know two weeks to get it and stuff and i was like uh i hate to do that to the audience and then i saw tessie switch and i was like oh are you? and i sent him a text right away I go, are you distributing these and he's like yeah i just picked them up and i'm like i'm gonna send everybody your way because i i love them uh oh william says johnny bean has billy sheen on tonight <sighs> best bass player ever you know he is in my top five <laughs> so top five though that's good right top five is a short list but i i mean he at one point in my life he was number one and um and but billy's in my top uh five because dude the guy's got a tone and a sound that no one's got that's what he's got um and he's great and he's 18 feet tall if you've ever stand, stood next to him <laughs> so he's really tall he he i think he's taller than greg cock and i don't think that's possible <laughs> so um yeah so guys check out johnny bean tonight yeah with billy sheenan that's really cool um maybe he'll talk about the new pickup uh larry demarjo told me they're working on a new pickup i don't know if that was top secret but didn't sound top secret when they were talking about it um Hold on. Where do you think the super chats go now? They just kind of disappear. Okay, Tom S says, "What single coil slot humbucker pickups do you like?" Um, single coil. So this is where it gets tricky. The way you worded it. What single coil slot humbucker pickup? So I'm thinking you were talking about a single coil that's the size of a humbucker. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> uh, the I can tell you right now, the Seymour Duncan P-Rails is my favorite single coil slash humbucker size pickup right now. Uh, being that I'm trying some of those pickups right now. I have some from DiMaggio. They're more in the P90 realm, but if you want a single coil... So let's do it backwards so your, cover, your question is covered either way. My favorite single... 